So you know you want to add more products or at least different revenue sources to your business and blog, but you don't know which ones to start or which one's going to be the best because you've already got a couple? This episode's for you. You're listening to Inbox Besties, the only little guy approved podcast that gives you dangerously practical advice for turning internet randos into subscribers with benefits. You know, the kind that pop open their wallets and throw fistfuls of cash at you for your courses and, and coaching, not like that other stuff. Perv. Oh, well, back into it. Besties, besties. Kate Doster here of katedoster.com. And as always, I am super excited to be in your ear holes today because I'm talking to one of my favoriteest people in the world who is just so whip smart. And I swear just has this magical power to look at all of the random parts of your business, your blog, your content creation, and be like, this is how you can make more money with it. And that is Nicole. So in this episode, because Nicole primarily works with coaches, which if you've ever heard the term get tossed around like business coach, life coach, relationship coach, and you're like, what exactly is a coach in the first place? Nicole is going to actually help us define that, which I think is super important because I know for the longest time, I'm just like, I know that people are calling themselves coaches, but what they are. So Nicole is going to talk about if you are a coach or service provider, one of the first things that you should be creating, which ironically, you know, after you have your service or product, which as we actually found out can be the same exact first step, if you will, if you consider yourself more of a content creator. She talks about this missing piece that a lot of people actually overlook because they have a lot of soft conscious issues. Welcome back, my inbox besties, besties, Kate Doster here of katedoster.com. And I am super excited because today we are talking about moolah, money, casholas, and how you can have more of it while serving your audience in a bigger, bolder way. So I'm going to be chatting with one of my favorite people, Nicole, who is so wicked smart and amazing at taking a look at all of the pieces of your business, getting them all nice and tidy, and then telling you how you can add more revenue streams without stressing yourself out. So in this interview that I have with Nicole, not only do we answer what I feel is a million dollar question, i.e. what exactly is a coach? Because I mean, you see sleep coach, business coach, Instagram coach, you see the word coach getting thrown around a lot, but I don't think anyone ever defined it. We are going to talk about both sides of the coin. Say, if you are a coach or a service provider, what should be that second source of revenue that you are focusing on? And we're going to be talking to my course and digital product creators. If you are thinking of adding a higher level, more expensive, high touch experience, where should you start? Should you just start offering services or coaching? Should you be doing group coaching? Should you be doing live workshops? And Nicole is going to talk about the one strategy that she sees everyone skip over which is going to save you so much time, effort, aggravation, and can be one of the most profitable things that you can do when adding more revenue. And of course, we're going to talk about her ups and downs in business, because I think that we all need to know that running an online business or any business, it's not all sunshines and rainbows. Nicole is a business strategist and coach who has been featured in such places as Forbes, The Huffington Post, Mind Body Green, and so much more. It's her passion to help women entrepreneurs create constant income that is predictable by utilizing multiple streams of income that allow you to be able to work a little bit less and avoid that creator burnout. After starting her successful in-person private practice, she quickly added multiple streams of income and transitioned onto the online world and is helping others do that same. Like Nicole says, she will always say yes to a Taco Tuesday and a great glass of wine. So let's go ahead and dive in with our interview with Nicole. 
All right, besties, like I had said in the intro, I am super excited to talk about honestly one of my favorite topics with one of my favorite people's, Nicole, talking all about adding multiple streams of income to your business so you just don't have to rely on one source. So Nicole, before we go ahead and get started, could you let us know a little bit about you and what your pronouns are? Yeah, my pronouns are she, her, hers, and I um, am currently living in Jersey City, right outside of New York City, so a bit of a city girl, and I actually started out first as a social worker, and my first business was an in-person counseling private practice, and I quickly realized I was going to burn out, which is sort of what led me on the path to multiple income streams. Gotcha. So, and I know that this has to do a little bit with what we're going to talk about here about like avoiding that burnout by having and really diversifying the ways that people get to pay us. Yay. We're all about that life. Yeah. So could you actually, and it might bring us back to that very moment when you were thinking about adding in something new. Um, Here on the show, we love to share our McDonald's moments. So that's like that moment where you seriously thought to yourself, man, I think it would just be easier to like go work a real job or go work at McDonald's or Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> as opposed to being a business owner. Again, there's nothing wrong with those jobs, but sometimes as business owners, you're just like, yep, I just want to be an employee again. Could you bring us back to one of those moments, whether it was early on or even recently? Yeah. I mean, well, I think I have them all the time, but. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really nice for people to hear. I think yeah. everyone thinks that's always sunshines and rainbows at every single level, but it can happen at all stages of business. I feel like that's how you know that you're growing and trying new things. Yeah. I mean, every time I hope it's the last time I feel that way, but it hasn't been yet. So. <laughs> but I think that what initially scared me is that, um, you know, again, like my my business, you know, I started it like nine years ago. And back then, you know, online businesses really weren't taking off yet. It really wasn't a thing. Um, I started an in-person counseling practice and I was really excited to be doing my own thing. I had kind of been freelancing with like social work contracting jobs over the years before that. But when I got to the office, literally the first week, I was like, uh oh, I just recreated the nine to five that caused me to burn out in the first place where, you know, I had had an agency job and it was all about like, see as many clients as you can, um, you know, go straight from client to client, don't take breaks, shorten the times you see the clients so you could fit more in. It was all about, you know, quantity of work, not quality of work. And not that I didn't think that I would not deliver quality of work in my own business, but I realized it was going to be like the same thing where I had to see a certain number of clients each week to make money, um, to be able to pay my bills. If clients canceled, I was screwed. If we had bad weather, I was screwed. Because again, things weren't really online then. Um, so I quickly mm -hmm. realized like I was going to need to be in the office every day, seeing the same people every week at the same hour. Um, and it just really didn't appeal to me. It really put a lot of pressure on me to, to feel like I was going to ever be able to make more money or to be able to grow. Like the only way I would be able to do that is to keep taking on more clients. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people can definitely feel that way about putting pressure on that one source of being able to get paid, whether it's in person like yours. And I love how you talked about like, you know, they were just sort of turning you into a, a 
like a consult factory. Mm -hmm. It's just like next person, next person, next person. And I know that you're a really kind and giving person. I'm sure you wanted to give everybody like adequate time. And then it's like, oh, you do your own thing. You're like, this is why they made me get on there. And again, I'm a New England girl too. So yeah, I can definitely tell everybody in those warmer weather clients, if it is snowing or there's like five flakes on the ground, nothing is happening. (laughs) For sure. And, you know, also just even too, like if I took a vacation, no money Mm -hmm. that week, you know, it would be an income loss. So I could just see myself not taking time off because of fear of losing money, you know? Yeah. So how did you transition online actually? Because I think that's really interesting. We haven't actually had anybody on the show talk about going from a real life local business to going online. So how did that work? Yeah. So I discovered the online world (laughs) when I was just kind of like checking out people's websites for inspiration for my own website. And I I discovered coaching um, and I just was so intrigued by that, you know, more like life coaching at that time. Although obviously business coaching, like I started working with business coaches too. Um, and hiring them. So I was just really intrigued by one, just like the the really personalized packages and, and customization of creating packages for people. And like the security that that made me feel, you know, where, yes, if I sold, you know, a certain amount of coaching packages, then my income would be secure. Again, like, you know, when you're doing project-based work or freelancing type work, um, you know, it's kind of like you have to keep finding new clients. Um, You never know when clients are going to like fall off the face of the earth. You know, again, if I'm just seeing clients weekly and getting paid for weekly sessions, um, Mm -hmm. they can drop off at any moment, you know? So I liked the idea of these packages. Of course, yes, I still have to continue to sell them, but at least like being able to stabilize my income a little bit and know exactly like what I needed to sell to hit my income goals and figure out like, you know, how many hours is that? How much time would that require? How many clients can I, can I handle? And I just loved like how supportive it was that, you know, I could see, have sessions with the clients. They can happen anywhere. Um, you know, just again, living in this area, in this tri-state area, traffic sucks. <laughs> so yes. it, it saves people like a lot of time from like having to travel to and from appointments in person and things like that. And I love the fact of being able to like give them extra resources and email in between sessions and stuff like that. All things that like as a therapist, I couldn't, I couldn't really do um, that weren't really options just because of boundaries and ethics and things like that. So I liked the idea of starting to add um, coaching in, which again, it just appealed to me to be online. I loved to travel. I like to travel for long periods of time where I just kind of go and hang out and like really pick up the culture of other countries. Um, and I love the idea of being able to work while doing that. Um, Mm. and being location independent. So I figured that would be ways to start to do that. So I did start by adding in coaching. Um, Mm. and then, you know, I just also discovered other income streams and started playing around with them, including affiliate income. I created, um, a book of journal prompts. I turned that into a course. Um, And then I started, you know, running group programs, which is really when I was able to fully transition into an online business. Um, And Mm -hmm. I essentially just let my therapy practice like close out naturally. I just didn't take on more clients. And as clients left, I just wrapped it up. 
Nice. So there's so many questions that I have from that that I want to ask. And this one might seem painfully obvious, but some of the listeners that we have here, they're actually coming at this from point of view for maybe say they have a digital product, but Mm. maybe they're trying to add that sort of higher level coaching, that group coaching program. And I know your clients sometimes come from it from they have the high level thing and they're looking to add something lower. But what is coaching? Like, <laughs> I don't think that anyone has ever like sat down and like defined, at least not in this year, like what does a coach actually do? And almost like how much of that sort of parallels in your therapy practice? So like, how would you explain if it's like, you know, that random uncle at a barbecue back when we can have those or like a cousin that you run into at the grocery store? Yeah. And truthfully, you know, just for you know, me as a therapist, I had to be very, very careful that there Mm -hmm. was no crossover between therapy and coaching. So that was also a lot that I had to work out in the beginning again, because it was like so new. This is like nine years ago, where even like coaching was like a newer thing and life coaching, you know, was rising up. And so I really see the difference. One, like in therapy, you know, I'm really treating like a mental health diagnosis, right? Like depression, Mm -hmm. anxiety, looking at symptoms of that, looking at decreasing those. Um, Whereas in coaching, at least in terms of like life coaching, um, Mm -hmm. it is not, you know, you're not treating mental health diagnosis, even as a therapist, like I can't do that on the coaching side of things. Um, So it really is kind of more solution oriented, like focusing on people's problems or struggles, um, you know, like empowering them by giving them tools and strategies to deal with some of the things they're having. So for me, when I started to transition more into the life coaching, I really did distinguish it by working, uh, by focusing on like stress management and mindfulness and things like that. Things that were, you know, really skill-based um, and and definitely didn't fall into like the mental health diagnosis part of things. So I think coaching you know, and really in terms of now when I do business coaching, I really feel like it's more like strategy coaching. Um, I think that it really is about being more directive, helping people really create plans to solve their current struggles and pain points and, you know, giving them any strategies and support tools that would help them do that. Oh, okay. I think that a lot of people they know that they might want to work one-on-one, but they're not quite sure like how or like what that does. So I think that you really sort of broke that down is, you know, if you do decide that ironically your layer of multiple income streams is going to be adding in that more higher touch sort of a spectrum, it is making sure to stir Pete and Nicole that you have a problem that you are going to help people solve. And then you're going to sort of work it through them, be there for you to sound ideas off of, give them some tools, Um, give them a little bit of strategy. I know like with some coaches that is very much like, I call it question space where they're like, well, Nicole, like, what do you feel? Or how did that make it go? Or any of that sort of stuff. Whereas some coaches are like more of like a secret consultant, some blend the two, but I think that that's really interesting. So say that we actually have a coach or potentially a therapist, because I know that you've worked with a couple of them because we've talked about it. So you get somebody who has been in that sort of one-on-one role, and they're actually looking to go to more of a one-to-many model. 
What is the first thing if we're currently taking or even freelancing with one-on-one clients, what is the thing that you think that most people should go into next? Or is there no one size fits all? Um, I mean, obviously, you know, there never is necessarily a one size fits all. But the one thing that I think people tend to try to skip over um, is I think they try to skip over like doing like live programs like live group coaching or um, like workshops or things like that. And I think, you know, what unfortunately I see is a lot of people go straight from one-to-one work and create, try to create a course that's going to bring in like passive income. Um, <laughs> I'm laughing because that was me and I burnt myself out, guys. <laughs> that was I me too. And I, I made like $500. <laughs> so, um, you know, and I thought it was going to bring in like thousands and thousands of dollars. And I think that that the thing is, is that people skip over that piece because it's like one, it's really uncomfortable. Like I was always like, I never want to do group programs. You know, I'm not a good leader. Um, that's awkward you know like what if people don't like me you know I had this fantasy of just like creating this content sticking it up on my website and it magically like selling every day Mm -hmm. um and I think the thing is is that you really do need to first kind of do market research when you're working with even though you're working with one to people one-to-one people you need to see like you know what you really need to have a strong niche and specialty and I think that's what happens is people just kind of go into courses and content and create it. And it's very vague. Mm. You know, can can you give us some examples of like what you would consider like a vague thing? And this can be in any industry versus something that's like really dialed in. Yeah. I see a lot of like general self-care stuff, like Mm -hmm. a guide to self-care and it's like, for who, (laughs) Like you know, (laughs) a guide to self-care for, you know, a new mom is going to be very different than a guide to self-care um, for a burnt out, you know, entrepreneur, you know? Um, so I think like just not having a target audience, trying to help everyone instead of really just trying to zero in on a specific group of people so that they will really know it's for them. And even doing market research, like, do people want a course on that? You know? Um, and I just see so many people and just like breaks my heart is like, they put all this time and money into creating a course and then they don't even have an audience yet to sell it because I think that's the other piece is that, you know, a lot of us that are one-to-one providers, we don't have a big enough audience to sell a course that's going to bring in, you know, continual sales and income for us. No, because it's a lot, I don't, I never want to say that selling services is a lot easier, but it can be until you get a little bit more established, you can make a lot more money with a smaller audience, just like you said, Mm -hmm. because it's like, oh, I need to make you know, five grand, that's, you know, two website clients, right? But if I need to make five grand off of a $500 or a hundred dollar course, like it's not going to work. So I guess I really, I have two questions that um, I just want to harken back to. One, I love how you admitted that when you were thinking of doing a group program, how you felt that you wouldn't be a good enough leader or if people wouldn't like you. Do you feel that that is one of those things that really does hold people back from doing like a group coaching program or even stepping up to doing something that's live? I do. Um, I see this just even with my clients too. You know, again, they're just like, oh, let me just put out this course that'll sell and I won't have to talk to people. Um, 
you know, and when you talk about, you know, what is like thinking about like, oh, should I go work, work at Starbucks? I always think like, what can I do that won't let me talk to people? <laughs> <laughs> so I love that you're actually an introvert who's like, no, you've got to do it live. Like there is some benefit. Yeah. You know, and I, and I agree, like I am an introvert, like, believe me, like if I could go through it and like not have to do that, like I'd be like first on that line. But the reality <laughs> is, is that one, you know, and I think this always shocks people too, is that you really want to actually sell it before you create it. And what I love about running like live programs, and again, that's what people do is like they create this course, they spend hours and hours, they, you know, invest in like Kajabi or Teachable or whatever. Um, and they've never even seen if it's actually something people are willing to buy. And, you know, when you do it live, you have the benefit of one, um, I always say like sell it before you create it, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, so one, like you're actually testing out the idea, right? Like, are people actually going to put out money for this, you know? And then if people don't buy it, you know, not to move forward with it or, you know, to tweak it or whatever, and you haven't lost, you know, weeks of your time or months of your time or, you know, hundreds or thousands of dollars, you know, investing in designing things that unfortunately just sit on your website. Um, so the benefit of that is, again, when you're doing something live, you can, you can sell it and then you basically get paid to create it because you can create it as you go along. Of course, you know, you have an outline and things like that, but, you know, if it's a workshop, you know, it's very easy to sell it, you know, and then as you see sales start to come in to create it, right, before before it mm -hmm. runs. And if it's um, a course or like a group program, um, you can create the content, you know, as you as you go along throughout it. Oh, I have so, so many questions. So many questions. I'm like, oh, I don't want to go here. I guess the first thing would be, because I know that there are two big yeah buts. Y'all guys know from listening to the show, we always have our ceramic slot principles. So I guess the first yeah but that I would have is probably the ones that I know that you help your clients with and you get them like some ridiculously amazing results, which we'll probably brag about that <laughs> towards the end guys. Cause I'm just like, say what? It's like reading the testimonials on Nicole's website. So if someone is going to be like running a group coaching program, mm -hmm. like, all right, I get it. I think that that's nice. I'm guessing that they usually can sell a little bit higher than say a normal straight up course because people are going to be able to actually interact with you. And so there's that benefit. So that's kind of nice. It really comes down to sort of two things. One, how do you find people to buy this? And two, and I think it's almost a little bit more importantly when you're working one-on-one -on -one, is how do you find time to like, actually like sit down and like create the curriculum and like deliver this bad boy like if I'm already burnt out and I have so many things that I have to do how do I add this and the thought of having to coach all of these people onto my plate mm -hmm. yeah um so I think the thing is is that um what was the first one you wanted? What was the first one? The first, I, I got, the like, first one is a little bit about audience. Okay. So like how do we find some people or like how many people should we like shoot for in this group coaching program that we're running as like sort of our first almost sort of beta as they call it. And the second one is how do we actually find time to do this bad boy? <laughs> <laughs> um. So the first one in terms of audience, you know, 
I know it's so crazy, but I think like we always think like we have to go into these new areas and like find new people. But a lot of times the audience is like already current clients or previous clients. Um, You know, I had a client last year who actually filled, you know, her first group program um, and it was around, you know, anxiety for Christian women. And, you know, she was, yeah, she was going into all these areas, you know, looking for new people and things like that. Um, And it turned out like a lot of her clients were like, hey, I saw that you're, you know, doing this thing. Would it be a good fit for me? And she just didn't even think about like asking them, you know, so Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times it's just already like people in our audience. And I think like, especially for people, either way it goes, which is really great, right? Whether you have digital products and mm-hmm. you're now looking to go into, you know, um, higher level groups or one-to-one services, um, mm-hmm. you already have people who know, like, and trust you. Um, so they're going to be more willing to invest in, in that next level thing and, and vice versa, right? Like if you're starting um, a group program or, you know, um, a workshop or something like that, you know, again, you already have this audience who knows, likes, and trusts you. And, and this can be a great addition or bonus for them. Oh, nice. I like that. So again, don't think that just because somebody bought from you once that they'll never buy from you again. In fact, those are the people that are more than willing to be like, yes, I 100% definitely (laughs) want to have this. And so I think that that's really great. Um, before we talk about the time piece, because I know this is where like you really shine, you're great at audience growth too, but this is where you really shine is the, the time management system part. How many people should you aim to get for a group coaching program? Like if I've like never done this before, like, is this like a thing where it's like, I want three people, I want 10, I want 25. What makes a group? Yeah. I mean, I really think it depends on how, like, I think it's so individual because I really think one, it kind of depends on, you know, are people getting a lot of like individual tension? Like what's the topic? Like something with anxiety might be like a little bit more draining to, to deal with. Um, and people might want more, you know, individual help during the group, during the group. But if it is more of like a course, you know, a course that you're running live, like you can potentially have like 20 people in it. Um, for that, like, I really like that you say that because I think that a lot of people think that for like group coaching or even like a live run of a course, say again, guys, like you can get really gritty with it and just do it in a closed Facebook group. And then you're just going Facebook live and that's where you're having things done here is that we think we have to have this grandiose number because I think that we've seen all like those like big time entrepreneurs that are having like, these gajillion dollar launches and like thousands upon thousands of people are like jumping in on their stuff. So I think that it's nice to see that it can actually be a real advantage if it's a small amount of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, a lot of my clients aim for like, you know, eight, eight, around eight people for a group that might like require a little bit more attention and things like that. Um, But again, like I think even if you get four people or six people, like go for it because again, like, yes, maybe it's not like the income this first round that you wanted, but you're getting paid to create it. You know, like my client last year who again did that anxiety group, like she got paid to create it. Like she created the content every week and now she can run it again online. She can turn it into a course. So now it's sort of in a way, um, it's like recurring revenue. Like she doesn't have to do all of this work and she got paid to do the work by having people 
liven it the first round. That's so smart. And I feel like you can really pour into people. So then naturally you're going to have that word of mouth from your eight people, from your four people, from your 20 people. Again, keep it small guys in the very beginning if this is sort of the first rodeo. And then you'll be able to, I don't want to say that you'll be able to dote on them a little bit more, but like you'll be able to pour more into them so they get better results. And then you can also see some of the potholes that you have, some things that you want to do better next time. You'll learn people's favorite stuff. I think that it's it's such a smart way to go ahead and and do that for the mm-hmm. first time around. I know that that's one of the first things that you try to focus on with your one-on-one clients. So I'll, we'll let people know how they can work with you after that. So all right, we've decided we've got our own audience, even if it's small but mighty. We're going to look at past clients that we have. If we're a freelancer, if we've already been selling digital products, we're going to be looking to primarily launch just to the people that have purchased our products before because those are usually our best bet. But the whole reason why we are doing this multiple streams of income that we're adding this group coaching program or this sort of live version of the course is because we've got no time and we're eating our spaghetti over our desk at all hours of the night. So like how how do you like set aside time to be able to do this group coaching program? Like <laughs> where is it going to fit in? Yeah. You know what? Honestly, well, listen, you know this probably, and I know this, <laughs> is that the reality is, is that there are going to be times in your business where you have to put in extra hours. <laughs> You know, and I I think that's so like, it sucks sometimes, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But like, you know, the first time I ran um, like a more of a live course um, Mm -hmm. slash group coaching program, it was actually um, about affiliate income and like how to, how to add affiliate income to your business without like being sleazy um, and and scammy or anything like that. And just kind of add that income stream. into, into your business. And, you know, I basically, um, this wasn't even something I thought I would ever teach. So again, when people are like, well, I don't know know, what to teach, like also part of market research is like hearing, like, what are people telling you you should teach or they want to learn more of a lot of times it's something that just comes naturally for us. So we don't Mm. think it's like a big, a big deal, you know, or we don't think it's anything other people need to learn. Um, So I had just been making- Or like everybody already knows this already. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Everybody knows this or it's like obvious or it's just like not something people would pay for. So I had actually been getting, um, doing really well as an affiliate for like other people's programs, programs I had taken um, Mm -hmm. and without having a big audience. So people were like asking me about it. Like, how did you do that? Or you should talk about that. Um, and it just seemed like so ridiculous to me. But then, <laughs> like, I was like, really? Like, no, this is this doesn't make any sense. But then I, you know, I kept getting it from people. So finally, I posted in a business owners group I was in. I was like, would you guys be interested in like, you know, a free training or learning about how, you know, how to be successful as an affiliate? And like, I think like 200 people said yes. Um, <laughs> you know that you're going to have to dust off this training now and let people be able to sign up for it and pay for it, Nicole. So I know. Homework after our interview. I know. People are going to be looking for it now. I, I guess sign up for Nicole's list and demand that she does another version of this, everybody. <laughs> I actually was thinking about repurposing it into a like short workshop for people. <laughs> it's just been getting dusty for the past few years. But like, so I was like, wow, 200 people, like this is crazy. 
So first I just did like a free, um, it wasn't even webinars back then. It was like free audio trainings, you know, like some conference calls. Like that's how long ago this was. I don't even remember <laughs> that. Like people could like push a button and like raise their hand on the call. Oh, um, yeah. No fancy slides or anything like that. <laughs> you know, it was kind of nice back then and simple. Um, so, you know, then I did that. So I did the free training. And again, I think like a couple hundred people signed up for it, which was also like a big boost to my mailing list. Um, so then I was like, should I try to sell like, you know, again, this was when I was still like not confident about programs, about group programs, about courses. Like I didn't actually see myself as a content creator. Um, you know, again, I was just trained to like do one-to-one services. So I was like, you know, like I don't know how to create content. I don't know how to like, <laughs> create worksheets or anything like this. Um, so, but I did do the training. I didn't even have like things to sell to people at the end. I offered people free calls. Um, and then like people hopped on a free call with me and then I decided like, what the heck, I'm just going to like throw out the idea of a course. And I think I like priced it at like 97, $97. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I ended up selling like 20 of them. No. I had no course. An extra two grand for not even thinking about that, like Santa Monday and by Friday it's there. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I honestly like had to like make up a stupid sales page myself that was ugly, you know, <laughs> designer. Um, it worked, y'all. Though. It, worked. it worked, yeah. But like I just had so much stress about the content because I didn't even know like what to do. But we've all gone through courses. So it's also just thinking about like what is the structure of the courses that like you've been most successful with and learn the most from. So basically every week, like I would just create the, I had a Facebook group for the people. I would do a live call and I would just like create Mm -hmm. the content for the next week. So again, it's not like you need to have, um, you know, a full week open to create the content for the entire week. Like it's actually better if you go week by week for the first run. So you could see what people's questions are. You could see how they're responding to the setup of the content. Are they getting through it? Is it too overwhelming for them? So that way you could change it again, right then and there as you go Mm -hmm. along and make it make and make sure you're actually delivering on what will help people the most. So I will say like, I had one of those like college experiences where I just hate, like I hated that so much because I was so uncomfortable with it where I was up till 2am every night, not every night, 2am, like the night before the content (laughs) was due to them because I just put it off so long. But I think it's also keep it simple the first time. You know, I think people try to overdo it with too many worksheets and too many tools and then people can't even get through it. So it's also just keep it simple and add more in later. I absolutely love that. So um, I could talk about this things all day because I think multiple streams of income is just so unbelievably exciting. And I think that it's all something that we need to be thinking about and actually sort of working in to our schedule to be working on, you know, pretty actively, um, even though it's passive income, we both know that there's no such thing as <laughs> passive income. So if somebody is a frazzled coach or freelancer or therapist, and they're like, yes, I want to do this group coaching. Like, it sounds like a really great idea. I know that that is my future, but like, I just, I can't, see out of my like day-to-day like it's not going to happen what is something that you have like either time management wise or system wise that you tell your clients um, I know you've got your own group coaching um, 
sort of program course hybrid, um, the bigger business. So like, what do you have like those students do like first to be able to like find some time to even be able to think and plot out your group coaching program? Yeah. I mean, the first thing we really do is like look at time leaks. So what are you doing that's not actually growing your business, you know, and we're all doing things that aren't growing our business. So, you know, are you spending a lot of time on Instagram, but, but like not really engaging with other people and not getting, you know, not getting engagement from people. Um, but like you're, you know, posting multiple times a week and like obsessing over the content and stuff like that. But like, Mm -hmm. you've never gotten a client from Instagram, you know, chop that, you know, remove that from your schedule. So start to just tidy up those, again, those little time leaks, um, those things that you're doing that actually aren't growing your business right now. Um, And then the other thing is too, is like, you know, I'm a big believer in like getting help, you know, like, I know we all want to, you know, make more money without spending more money or whatever. But like, I think that you do kind of have to take some easy things off your plate and like get help. Like the reason I was able to quite honestly, like make that $2,000 so quickly with my course was because, you know, I brought on a VA who could set up the stuff for me, the back end for me and do all the stuff that I didn't know how to do and, and didn't need to learn how to do. Like we don't have to be experts in all areas. Um, so make sure you're getting some things off your plate. And I just started out with a VA at like five hours a month, you know, it was like a hundred, hundred dollars, $125 a month, but it saved me like out, like it saved me probably 20 hours from trying to learn how to do everything myself. So just remember, like, you don't have to learn how to do everything yourself. And a lot of times help is more affordable than we realize. 100%. And I think that, and I'm sure that you've seen the same too. I've always seen like exponential growth in my business when I've either invested in say somebody like my VA and now she's my operations manager or when I've invested in coaching myself and programs as well, especially the coaching. I always feel like <laughs> like one-on-one coaching, group coaching does it for me pretty too. Cause like I'll see other people succeed. I'll be like, Oh, I want to be that person. But like really actually getting that help and being able to, and this is why I'm with you. I really do think that group coaching is something I know personally I've underutilized. I know you're like the star of it in my business because I just know it can be so beneficial when like you're spinning and you're spinning and you're spinning and you're spinning and you're spinning. So then you're just like scrolling and hate reading other people's income reports. (laughs) You've got like a coach or friends or people in the community that can like pull you out of it. Yeah. And like, call you out because you guys might have just been listening to Nicole and how she was saying, don't do things that aren't truly growing your business. And you might be like, well, that is growing my business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just but is it really that. having that objective opinion is going to be able to sort of help you out and lay it out. I always say those are our blind spots and we need people yes. like we just can't see it. You know what I mean? So we definitely need people to point out those blind spots to us. And I think too, just being part of like, I love running you know, and now it's so funny because again, like I was like so anti-running group group programs and now I love them because I just love seeing how people, you know, are vulnerable and share what's going on in their business. And truthfully, part of it was that I start, started signing up for group coaching programs because I just couldn't afford one-to-one coaching at the time. And again, like mm-hmm. I'm like an introvert. I was like, I don't want to do group coaching, but I had no other option. But like there's, there's, it's just so nice and like, to get this um, reassurance from seeing other people having the same struggles as you. It just totally normalizes your experience. 
100%. So I know that people are going to want to hear more about you, Nicole. So where can they hang out with you online? Let us know about any type of freebies so you can hop on your mailing list so that way we can find out when your group coaching program experiences open up that you've got for us, when one-on-one, all of that sort of stuff. Let us know. Yeah. I really recommend um, signing up for my multiple income streams guide. So that's Nicole Laloya, L-I-L-O-I-A dot com slash M-I-S. So that actually has a bunch of different multiple income streams, you know, listed out with descriptions because there's so many things out there that you may not even realize are out there. And sometimes we see what other people are doing and we're like, oh, I want that. I want multiple income streams, but I don't want to be doing that. So this can help you find something Mm -hmm. that's like a great fit for you without, you know, without you realizing it. Um, and then I also have a consistent income generator toolkit, which actually helps you. It takes you through the steps of figuring out your income goals and how to actually utilize different income streams to help you hit your income goal. So you can plan out, plan out your year. Um, and that's at NicoleLaloya.com slash C-I-G. So I would grab one of those. And I'm always on Instagram too at Nicole Laloya. So I would love for you guys to just send me a message over there, um, letting me know what income stream you're most excited about looking into next. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say you're going to end up with a whole bunch of DMs like, hey, Nicole, what about that affiliate marketing thing? <laughs> that could be a multiple stream. I'm sure she'll let you guys know all about how you can get your hands on that because who knows? Maybe she'll only get open it up just for us, guys. You never know. Yeah, so definitely go over. That's my market we'll- research. <laughs> Done for me. <laughs> we'll go ahead. We'll put a link to everything in the show notes, Instagram, and all of that. So if you had one more parting words of advice, one more action that you just really wish that people would take today, about multiple streams of income or even just for business in general, doesn't matter, what would it be? Yeah, I think just really um, like have fun. Think about what income stream would sort of lighten things up for you um, and what you could view as an experiment. You know, the first income stream is just really an experiment, you know. And when you don't have it created and try to sell it, then when you're just kind of putting it out there and know you'll create it and follow through because you are a reliable, responsible person. Um, (laughs) I think that's what people always worry. Like, what if I don't get it out? You will. (laughs) I've never had anyone not, not get it out to their people. But I think just like think about like what would be fun that you see people have a need for. Oh, I absolutely love it. And again, you can always DM or tag me on Instagram, Kate underscore Doster. You go ahead and tag Nicole and let us know what you're going to be adding to your next multiple income stream. And we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Would you rather crawl across glass naked or have to stand in line at the DMV with Taco Bell tummy? you know what I'm talking about, then actually have to write an email to your list. I mean, you don't want to come off too salesy and what if you're boring and you don't want to add to all of the noise. And somehow every single week, besides the cold sweat, you bust out with being finger tied, you know, instead of tongue tied because you're actually typing. Don't you just wish that you could just magically snap your fingers and almost have somebody else write your emails for you? Well, that's exactly what you're going to get when you invest in the email marketing fairy. The email marketing fairy template set is over 50 grab and go newsletters, welcome series, and even an 11 part sales funnel that you can use as an amazing jumping off point to actually write emails that connect with your audience, get replies, and most importantly, get those buy buttons hit. And all you need 
to do to get your hands on this, along with almost $100 worth of free bonuses, is by heading on over to theemailmarketingfairy.com. That's right, head on over to theemailmarketingfairy.com and you will never have to awkwardly tell your list, hey, I know it's been a while, ever again. Thank you for having Inbox Besties in your ear holes today. Why don't we go ahead and make it a regular thing? Go ahead and slap that subscribe button now. And while you're at it, why don't you go ahead and take a screenshot and tag me over on your Instagram stories, Kate underscore Doster, so that way I can give you a shout out for being a bestie of the week. Later days.